BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Good morning, Millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Tuesday, Snow Day Part 2. Hey, Claude, how you doing? Hey, Jax. I'm so relaxed. And that's my haiku. That's for you, Claudia. Claudia, that's beautiful. Um, It's been, you know, the same amount of time since I've seen you last, but I feel like yesterday was just one of those days that was so special and different. I could not agree more. Like, probably the best Monday I've had in a while. Probably the best Monday I've had ever in my life. Like, yesterday was just such an amazing day. Being back in the QE2, plus there was snow falling all day long. It was like the best day of quarantine for me ever. I did all of my quarantine things. I even got back on the Peloton. I had so much support from the toasters and the Pelotoasters. And... It was just like a really productive but relaxing day. Yes, me too. Like it was from, you know, 8 a.m. to 12. I was super busy. Like we did toast. I was on like Canadian morning show. I don't forget. Global morning television. Check it out. And then after 12, it was just pure bliss. Like we had a pot of chili on the stove. My lights were dimmed. My candles were flickering. I started to read a book and it was so joyful. And then at around seven o'clock, I had the chili for lunch. At around seven o'clock, I had my virtual book signing with the Strand where 220 toasters and I just like had the best time with Taylor Strecker. But I did ruin the evening slightly because I got a little drunk. And right before my signing, I said to Ben, okay, we'll have dinner right after the signing. So the chili was on the stove for most of the day without the heat on. But then I said, okay, we're going to eat an hour. I put it on low heat and was waiting, you know, till after the signing was over to have the chili with Ben. And I guess I missed it because during the signing, Ben ran into the kitchen and like put a flame out and the whole chili was ablaze. And the entire <laughs> pot, my favorite pot, you know, the, the colorful ones, Le Crusoe. Le Crusoe. Literally like black all over the bottom. I've been scrubbing it since last night. I just, I ruined everything. Oh my God, you ruined the chili, you ruined the pot. That is so upsetting. Like, what a bad ending to an otherwise great day. Yeah, I'm really glad that I snuck some chili for lunch, or else I literally wouldn't have had any. That is so sad. Speaking of cooking, I finally successfully made a successful cookbook dish that I actually enjoyed. I cooked from the Half-Baked Harvest Cookbook, which so many people recommended that I get. And the cookbook is like really involved and it's not beginner at all, but there was this meatballs recipe and I love meatballs. And I happened to have some ground meat in my freezer in my fridge. So it was my first time cooking with meat in my house. And meat is just a crazy thing, you guys. Like I know. Cooking, I'm sorry, I get like really emotional. I get emotional when I talk about like cooking with meat because it's just so fucking weird. Like the feeling and the smell and like the touching and the handling and it turned out so delicious. So it was all worth it. But there is something weird about it. Yeah, no, it's definitely weird to like look down at a package of meat and just think like this was someone's child. I mean, I can't even let myself go that far. Like it's I won't even think about why it's so weird. I'm just like, this is weird. No, when you're at a restaurant and you get a piece of meat that, like, is reflective of the meat's natural state. Do you know what I mean? Like, I got... I don't know because I don't... I don't order things like that. After the redheads, I got, like, a roast chicken. And they just, like, really left the chicken, like, laying out on the plate, like, in the same position that he died. Kind of disrespectfully. Yeah. No, like, have some respect for the dead. And sometimes eating meat (laughs) like that, like, really makes me nauseous because it's really easy to visualize, like, this bird alive. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, you couldn't envision my meatballs alive. You really couldn't. That's good. And they they were so good. I felt so proud of myself because I was like one cooking failure away from throwing in the towel completely. So Zach was really impressed. But like it serves four to six. I have so many extra meatballs in my fridge, but I'll be eating meatballs all day today. Woohoo. I love meatballs. I I mean, they're one of my favorite food groups. So that was really, it was just like such a nice day. Also, I spent most of my day reading the book for the Redheads, which, um, which is so good. And it was just like, it was just a nice day. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, no, I wasn't expecting to read a full book either, but I finished Verity last night. You finished it? Such an easy read. Mm-hmm. And so unexpected. Like, I know Colleen Hoover is, like, Margot's favorite author. So I just assumed it would be, like, a Nicholas Sparks type of book. And it was not, like, at well, all. Well, that's what, that's what Colleen Hoover usually does. But she's written a few books now, Verity and also Layla, where she strays from her usual um, thing. Mm-hmm. And everybody loves Verity. I mean, so many toasters, redheads. Like, everybody has read Verity, talked about Verity. Um, with that, I mean, I'm about to spoil it, so just skip a few minutes if you haven't read it and you want to. But what do you think about the end? What do you think the truth is? Okay, so um, first of all, I agree. Like, this is a book, much, unli- much unlike John Krasinski, I understand the hype. Like, it was a very, very good book. And when all the hype with Daisy Jones and the Six, I was like, oh, I cannot take recommendations from the, the like the masses anymore because everyone liked Daisy Jones and I thought it was terrible. But Verity really withstood the hype. And what do I think about the ending? I do think that that woman was nuts and that even that letter was a big lie. I mean, that's what I choose to believe because the opposite is just too sad to think about. So I choose to believe that the the woman is nuts and that the letter is fake. But I feel like in my heart of hearts, the letter is real. No, because you want to know why? Like, even if you are a writer and you're purely doing these things for exercises, I don't know any mother who could really write and put into words like fictional stories about killing her children unless it's something she did. You know, that's a good point. Yeah, it, it, like the letter at the end was a little too convenient for me. Yeah, but we're going to choose not to believe it. No, I believe Lowen and Jeremy. But also the, I was really shocked that the book is like an erotic novel too. It was literally Danielle Steele. Yeah, so that's the thing about books. Yes! Especially. <laughs> yes! I'm like, especially each, one, each like recommendation YA. I get from you guys. No, it's like pornographic. Yes! And that's how you understand how like Bridgerton ends up with those scenes. Like you can just right. imagine how they're written in the books. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was books are like super porny. Because for the most part, I exclusively read celebrity memoir and there's no sex in there. Like one time Andy Cohen discussed how he had a threesome with like a couple. But no, but he's not like telling you how the P goes into the V. Yeah, no. And it's all of the very details. erotic. Yes, it's very erotic. And Verity was super erotic and but when like now it's been like almost a year since I read it and I like I forgot about those parts but then when I was thinking about you reading it I was like oh she's in for a roller coaster well that's the other thing it's like when I get recommendations from my sisters (laughs) and then I'm reading about how she has to bite the headboard because she doesn't want to scream like I'm like Margot read this and now I feel weird Also, the book that we're reading for the redheads right now is so porny. Like, well, I was going to read it, but we share a Kindle, and I didn't want to fuck up like your page. So when you're done with it, I'll read it. I'm going to be done with it today. Um, but there's a lot of sex scenes, and so that'll be fun to talk about with the girls. Yeah, no, with your sister. Have fun, <laughs> my little sister. <laughs> oh my god, wait, Claudia, Claudia, our little sister is here. She loves you. <laughs> Gabby Barrett. <laughs> Emma Chamberlain. Oh, we literally say that to everyone. When, when we were like, our little sister's here. She loves you so much. And like big snitch comes in. Yeah. Emma Chamberlain was ready to meet like a six-year-old and in walks this like big 23-year-old dope. Like, Emma, I love you. And Emma was like, oh, I was expecting a little child. A little sister. N- not a, a grown-ass woman. Yeah. Um, we have a great okay. show for you guys. Lots yeah, of Yeah, we have a lot a lot to talk about. We have to talk about The Bachelor. I'm just trying to think if there was any other piece of my day that I just wanted to share with the group, but no, I, I don't think there is. I watched no television yesterday. It was such a delight. Except and, for The Bachelor. Well, yeah, and I was dreading that. Like, I was thankful for my um, book signing because it went until, like, 8.15. 
Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you how it was, if oh, there's the anything way, you want to share with the class. It was so fun. Me and, it was basically just me and Taylor Strecker, like, shooting the shit for an hour. And the interface that we used was Crowdcast. And that's, if we ever do something live, it's so much fun because there's a chat. So it was basically, like, bringing me back to YouTube days. And mm. I was recognizing so many names of, like, OG toasters. And it was just a delight. Like, it was so much fun. And we were talking about the book. And it was just great. That's so fun. Maybe we should do one. I know because a it, live I, show, a 30, thirty Rock, rock live, live show. It's Thirty Rock Live. It's Thirty Rock Live. Because I have heard of people doing live things during quarantine, but they're them just being like so technologically frustrating. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to like sell tickets to something like the Toast Live and torture people. Like I can't find. But this one that I used last night 100%. was an excellent integrated interface. No, I trust you when it comes to the integration of interfaces. There is nobody who knows an interfotch like you. Let us know, you guys, if you want us to do like a Thursday night GNI, like let's get drunk. Maybe we'll. That would be crazy. I know. Should we do it? Well, let's see. Let's see if there's any buzz. You know, let's let the people decide. Um, okay, well, I'm really excited for Snow Day Part 2 today. We should be back in studio tomorrow pending the snow and pending negative COVID results. So yes, I'm going to go get tested th- later today. Yeah, me too. So it'll be nice to see you tomorrow, hopefully. But I, I cannot lie. I have thoroughly enjoyed these two days. And today I'm like, I'm extra in the QE2. Like, I'm changing my sheets. It's one of Ooh. those days. Yeah. My sheets get changed tomorrow. But I agree. Like, Something about being on a temporary lockdown makes you appreciate the lockdown days more. Whereas like when we were in lockdown here in New York for like eight months, nothing was special because it was just like another day of nothing. Yeah, no, I I so agree. I've really appreciated this time that I've had. And also like when I did all of quarantine, I did not have Bruce on the loose. Right. And so to have yesterday like a full quarantine day with Bruno he was just like so excited to have mom around all day it was Aww. it was fantastic and he loves the snow and it was just a good day to be Bruce but it's aren't always they all? a good day speaking of how's dude to do perfect he made a cameo on my um live last night he was like being a little camera shy it was kind of cute I literally had to chase Stop. him down the hall just to get it he's in so my arms. shy but everyone like lost their minds when Theo showed up and it was such a success like he oh just, my god I think that we could successfully sell tickets to an hour live show of just Theo in his crate and we could literally like break the website with how many people would want to watch I totally agree. Break the internet. I would have it streaming on all my devices. (laughs) TV, smartphone, iPad. Yeah, like a big do-to-do on my TV. What could be better? Do-to-do. Do-to-do. Okay, let's get into everything because there's much to discuss. Without further ado, here are the Fast Five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. Well, I feel as though today's sponsor is so appropriate seeing as how I woke up no less than five seconds ago and the only thing I did was brush my teeth and that's how I have all this energy and this excitement and this fresh breath thanks to brush the best most affordable electric toothbrush on the market there are tons of electric toothbrushes on the market but not all of them work that well and some of them are crazy expensive like over $200 and that's why brush is here to solve all of your problems it is the best electric toothbrush I swear that I've ever used and it's the most reasonably priced they just want you to have a perfect smile because a healthy smile is a perfect smile the brush has six unique modes to to customize your brushing experience and the battery life lasts four weeks and you get a magnetic charging stand in your compact travel case when you order the kit They also offer a subscription program, so you never have to forget to change your brush head again because Bruce will ship you new replacement heads every six months, so you're never stuck using a worn-down brush head. That is, like, the best thing that I actually only just recently started doing the subscription because, you know, I forget. I'm like, has it been six months or six years since I changed my brush head? (laughs) The world may never know. But now with the subscription service, the second it shows up at my door, I know it's just time to change it, which is much more... um, hygienic um they also come in sleek designs so the electric toothbrush has a modern aesthetically pleasing design and it comes in trend-driven seasonal colors so it looks great on your bathroom counter i can attest to that if you want to get seasonal maybe i should be switching mine up by the season yeah what season are we in right now maybe we need like a winter wonderland like snow white one yeah, I'm going to have to look into that, even though I love my pink, but I never thought about changing with the seasons. But you know, the accents in my bathroom, like the hardware is all rose gold. So like the pink kind of works aesthetically with my bathroom. Yeah, I have like a lot of other pink products out and it just like the brouche stands as like a beacon of light. And, and you know what? It represents hope. 
It really does. By the way, I just want to say, like, if you guys get nothing else from this show, like, Get ever, a bruche. <laughs> like, and all we've given to is just, like, to go and get a bruche. Like, we've done our jobs. The bruches, I don't know what I was doing before bruche. Like, Me my toothbrush neither. situation was so sad and, like, Disgusting. falling on the floor. And, like, and like just drugstore, like... Which is so not good for the environment, by the way. And I was just, like, always living from one toothbrush to the next. Yes, you said it perfectly. Yes. <laughs> so if you want to get 15% off your Bruch toothbrush kit and refill plan, use promo code TOAST at com. That's 15% off using promo code TOAST at dot com. Check it out. Bruch is the best. I feel like a lot of toasters have gotten their Bruches from us. Um, I hope so, because, like, their smile is gleaming. Yeah. Their skin is Okay, let's get into this news because first up, Elizabeth Chambers addresses the Army Hammer controversy. She is SHD. She is shocked. This is her words. Shocked, heartbroken, and devastated. Obviously, the real toasters were like, okay, so she's SHD. That, that sounds bad. That sounds bad. Okay, so she took to Instagram. She posted um, a nice photo of a beach saying, for weeks I've been trying to process everything that has transpired. I am shocked, heartbroken, and devastated. Heartbreak aside, I am listening and will continue to listen and educate myself on these delicate matters. I didn't realize how much I didn't know. I support any victim of assault or abuse and urge anyone who has experienced this pain to seek the help she or he needs to heal. At this time, I will not be commenting further on this matter. I mean, it's, you know, it's wonderful to hear that. I feel like, you know, since they have children together, she very well could have not said anything or there's been many instances where wives and ex-wives have stood by the man. And I don't know, I just feel like this is a great moment for women and it cannot be easy. There are a lot of people I don't want to be this week. Army Hammer's one of them and also Elizabeth Chambers. Like, it's a really, really tough position to be in to know that the man that you were married to for 10 years, like, is a legitimate sociopath. So I thought this was a very well said statement. I think a lot of people have been, like, looking at her Instagram, looking to see if she's going to speak out. And now that she has, I can respect her privacy. Of course, her kids are her number one priority. But I just think it's really cool of her to not, you know, stand by him when, when other women might. And I could understand it, you know? Yeah, but also I think due to the fact that they have children, it's like there probably is a lot more that she wants to say, but this is the father of her kids, and one day they will see this, and it's always like keeping that in mind. So I do think she definitely took the high road. I think, you know, I was reading the comments on our Instagram, like people do want to know more from her, but I just don't think we're going to get that, and I don't think that we need to. Like, honestly, it's not about her. It's about him. But that's true. I think that, like, focusing on, like, what does she say? What does she think? It's, like, it takes away from, you know, it makes it more, you know, gossipy, where it's, like, no, this man is a cannibal. Let's yeah, well talk that, about the facts. That's the thing. It's, like, so he's obviously had this cannibal fetish for people are coming out for years. And he was married to someone for years. And I'm curious if he exhibited any cannibal-like qualities in the marriage. Right. I think that's what people do want to know. Was it a side hustle or was it his full persona? I think that's what people want to know. I think she's made it clear she's not going to let us know. Got it. But did you see that one of the women who came forward about her time spent with him, Paige Lorenz, was on Sophia with an F podcast? Yes, I did see that. Yeah, and it seems like she's she's sharing her experience. I watched a bunch of the clips and it seems really intense, but... Um, super interesting and brave of her to just come out with it. Yeah. And you know what's so weird about this whole thing is that there really hasn't been any formal statement or response from Army Hammer or his camp. Well, there was the There, there was, was that the one. one short one, like talking about social media lies, but it's very clearly not social media lies. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get another one. Maybe in a few years, you know, he'll do an article, much like this next person who is not a cannibal, but she is coming back into the spotlight after some years being low-key. Catherine Angelina Heigl? Jolie. Oh. No. Angelina Jolie offers rare details about her really hard past few years and healing her family. So Angelina Jolie is on the cover of British Vogue this month. Looking and she- so sickening. Looking like the Snatchler. Yeah, just so elegant, so refined, so rich. Like, everything. I saw these photos on Instagram, and I thought that it was, like, the most well-done photo shoot of all time. Yeah, I mean, when it's her, it's always the most well-done photo shoot. It's not hard, you know? 
No, but she um, has kept her held high as she privately struggled with the fallout of her divorce. But now the actress candidly admits to British Vogue that the past few years have been, quote, really hard for her and their six children. At one point in the interview, she's asked, do you feel as if you're at a happy stage in your life? To which she responds, I don't know. I've been focusing on healing our family. It's slowly coming back like the ice melting and the blood returning to my body. And though the 45-year-old is unsure about her happiness at this time, she expresses excitement for her 50s, saying, I feel that I'm going to hit my stride in my 50s. Yeah, she's been very, very quiet. Even before the divorce, like, she was kind of MIA. And then I think things went so poorly in the divorce. And and I remember there being articles about how Hollywood was, like, really taking Brad Pitt's side. And I think she was really vil- villainized, like, by people around her and the media. And that couldn't have been easy on top of dealing with a divorce from the most handsome man in the world. Well, I feel like the way that I remember it is like Hollywood people, like people in Hollywood who are like their friends and knew them took Brad's side. But I do feel like the media took her side. Got it. Because Brad doesn't really talk to the media. And I feel like she, you know, she offers these glimpses here and there. Um, And so I do think people are split and people don't know what to make of the situation. And I feel like even in this article, she talks about, you know, how leaving or ending the marriage was the best thing for the kids um, as if, you know, it was on Brad. So I do feel like there's still like a lot of contention between them and people don't know how to feel about their divorce because like at one point they were America's sweethearts and now it's like, okay, well one of them wasn't sweet. Which one? Well, the thing is, is that Brad has been very open about, you know, he's now sober for the last few years and how like there was an incident where like his drinking really put the kids in a bad spot. They had to land the plane somewhere like yeah. So I think he's not been shy about like him, you know, it takes two people to break up a marriage, but he's been very vocal about like how his, his part, his part in it and how getting sober was the best thing for him. But I agree. But at the end of the day, like, yes, they were America's sweetheart couple. And like, now we don't know what to do, but also in Hollywood terms, they are like the most successful marriage to ever exist. Six kids in like Ex- 10 years. Explain. Yeah. In Hollywood terms. Like, I don't know. It, I don't know to ever exist. Like I could give you a few better ones, but, yeah, but you they know were, I mean. they, they had success as a marriage. Like they were together for a long time and they have a big family. Right. Like that's a successful marriage. And I can, I can live with that. And for a while I really shipped them. Like I remember like when I was in high school and Mr. And Mrs. Smith came out and then they like were rumored to be dating and then they were dating and then they got married. Like I was fully aboard the ship the whole time. No, me too. And when it came out of seemingly nowhere that they were getting divorced, like I definitely struggled with understanding how that could be. And now I feel like I've gotten to an okay place, but it really just, my okay place has just turned into indifference towards both of them. Uh, 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 Yes. Yes. Indifference a hundred percent. Like in terms of, I don't really care. Like when that picture went viral of Brad Pitt at the Oscars, like grabbing Jennifer Aniston and literally every magazine made it a meme about like women empowerment when it was literally just a photo. Like don't ever chase a man who doesn't chase you. Like people took it way fucking out of context, but I didn't feel a thing. Like I didn't feel a thing. Yeah. I don't feel a thing when it comes to his romantic life. I think at this point, you know, I'm only interested in what movies he's, you know, producing and playing in because I enjoy a film starring Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Yeah, I I would think that too, but then I saw Ad Astra and it wasn't it wasn't it. <laughs> Who was in that one? Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt is like he went into space. And I should have just like known I just I saw it. I would never have seen it if not for him because like I don't watch space movies. Um but I just thought like this man knows what he's doing, like it's gonna yeah. be a space movie that changes my life and you it was trust nothing of the sort. I trusted. Trusted. Yeah. Now what is your favorite Brad Pitt movie? Ooh, there are so many. Shall we go to our favorite website, IMDb? I want to say mine is Moneyball. Yeah, that one does come to mind first. Is he Benjamin Button? Yeah. He's Benjamin Button, which I've never seen. What? I know. Oh my God, there's a redhead in it. She's the star. Okay, I know. I have to watch it. Okay, there's so many good ones. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, obviously great. Inglorious Bastards. Oh, he was amazing in Inglorious Bastards. He was amazing in Inglorious Pastors, I agree. Ocean's Eleven and, you know, the other oh, the Ocean Oceans. movies. Troy, oh, we've done this before because he's in a movie called Snatch, which always just sends me. Oh, isn't he also in World War Z? Yes, he is. Have you seen that? No, I just remember, like, thinking about seeing it just because Brad Pitt was in it. He's in this movie called Fury, which is a war movie. Um, 
Which I actually saw, and I I, I walked out because wow. I was so bored and confused. Yeah. What movies have you walked out of? I walked out. I I would have not remembered that that one. I would have forgotten that I saw it, but it's just here. Um. Oh, you know which one? The most recent was Night School. Member with oh, Kevin yeah. Hart and Tiffany Haddish, and I was like so excited to see it. And it was so bad. And I was just like, I, I have to go home. I walked out of The Revenant, which was the the Leonardo DiCaprio movie starring the bear. It was so atrocious. I walked out of um, Boss Baby, which I was really upset about because I thought I would love it. And the cartoon was just like a little too stupid for me. And then I also walked out of Think Like a Man 2, which was really disappointing because I was a huge Think Like a Man 1 fan. And then when the second but one I came out. I also feel like. I feel like sometimes when you go to see a movie, like you also have to be like your mind needs to be like ready to yes. immerse yourself. And sometimes you're just like in walkout mode. No. And sometimes that's so true. Like me walking out of a movie is actually not reflective of the movie. It's <laughs> reflective of my state of mind. Like I could actually sit down and watch Boss Baby or no, The Revenant. I walked out because it was bad. Like I was ready for a movie, but I could watch Think Like a Man too. And I would probably love it. Yeah. Yeah. So you probably just like weren't in the right headspace to be consuming a movie. You are 100% correct, my my friend. 100%. Also, two more great movies that he was in, 12 Years a Slave. It was so good. Oh my God. That is the best movie. Like so difficult to watch. I watched it in college. It's incredible. Incredible. And The Big Short, which we were talking about last week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so good in that movie. And also, I don't know why I watched this movie. I watched it maybe a year ago. Burn After Reading. Yeah. Um, have you seen it? No. It was good, but weird. He's in it, and he's really young. It's from, oh no, it's from 2008, I guess. He's Speaking of the big short, is today's story about Noah Centineo uh, a story? Is it? Of course, yes. Okay. Because, because we were talking about it, right. and now we'll be talking about it. Um, so the, he's in a lot of other movies that I haven't seen, but I'm sure I'm like disgracing his name by not mentioning them. Yes, of course. And those are the big ones. I do, f- I, I need to watch this movie Snatch. I feel like I can relate to it. I think you can too. And of course, Moneyball, which is a great movie. And if you've never seen it, you should watch it. One of it. my favorites. And then Troy, that's probably the ones I'm disgracing myself with. Okay, our next story is really sad. Dustin Diamond has died at age 44 after a battle with cancer. Dustin Diamond, best known for playing Screech on Saved by the Bell, died on Monday morning after a battle with cancer. His rep confirmed the news to people in a statement saying, quote, we are saddened to confirm of Dustin Diamond's passing on Monday, February 1st, Due to carcinoma, he was diagnosed with this brutal, relentless form of malignant cancer only three weeks ago. In that time, it managed to spread rapidly through his system. The only mercy it exhibited was its sharp and swift execution. Dustin did not suffer. He did not have to lie submerged in pain. For that, we are grateful. Oh, my God. What a terror. I knew I read that he passed away, but I didn't know what type of cancer it was. And that that sounds horrible. Um, and this is so sad. I actually never watched Saved by the Bell growing up, but I feel like if you did, this is like a, an integral part of your childhood. And like, it's just, it's, and Screech was obviously like the, the only character who I thought was funny. The only episodes I've seen, like he was the only one worth watching. And that's really, really sad. Yeah. Extremely sad. I didn't realize the extent of the, of the illness. Yeah. Just like so brutal. Yeah. Was he in the reboot? The, the, the new Saved by the Bell reboot? Uh, I wouldn't know. I'm right. the wrong person to ask, you know? Yeah. Um, but I wonder if they will do any sort of tribute. I believe that they probably would. I think they would too, hopefully. I mean, he was like an iconic television character and I think a lot of people are going to be taking this really hard. So Ben, Ben yeah. loves Saved by the Bell and he was like so upset last night. Um, because Screech is like, the whole show was centered around Screech. He's like the funny, nice guy. And it's just, it's really sad for someone to die so tragically, so young. So we're sending our thoughts and prayers to his family and to all the Saved by the Bells fans. Yes. But also we take solace in knowing that he's in a better place now. Yeah. And, and that he didn't suffer. Yeah. That's very true. Okay. Well, our next story is a little TV news. And our next story is also brought to you by Honey. We all shop online, and we've all seen that promo code field taunt us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best ones to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. 
They range from sites that sell technology and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. So imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite websites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find at that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, your price will drop. So I have saved money on Honey from makeup to clothing to technology, like literally any category, you name it. I've saved like on an order of $200, I've saved like $30, which is significant. Um, Yeah. And there are a few websites that I shop on where it's like, I know honey like works overtime here. Yeah. And I have saved so much on like shoes. You can shop at peace and like honey lets you know. And also honey lets you know if you have the best price available. So like honey never stops working for you. I don't know where I would be without honey. I would definitely be a more like regretful shopper. Yeah. If you don't already have honey, you you are straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and it installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting our podcast. Get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash toast. That's joinhoney.com slash toast you download the free browser extension and you start saving yourself money and peace of mind love it really love it get get money with honey Okay, next story is really exciting. Wakanda Forever, a Black Panther spinoff series, is planned at Disney+. Plus. Oh. Black Panther television series is in the works at Disney+, Plus from the movie's writer and director Ryan Coogler, according to The Wrap. A spinoff of the 2018 blockbuster hit that raked in more than $1.3 billion, the TV series will center on the kingdom of Wakanda, the fictional nation in the heart of Africa. It has not been announced whether it will focus on characters from the movies or if it will follow new characters. The series is reportedly among several projects in the works under Coogler's new five-year deal with Disney. Under the agreement, his company, Proximity Media, will also develop projects with other networks Other networks under the Disney umbrella, including Hulu, Freeform, and ABC. Cool. I mean, I think this is fabulous. One, because we love a successful franchise, so let's just franchise it some more. But also, part of the reason why Black Panther was so successful is because it was the first time in like comic book superhero movies that there was real representation for the black community. And so now it's like, it shouldn't only be movies. It should be TV shows too. So I just think this is great for the kids. This is great for everyone. It's going to be great content. Disney plus cannot put out a bad television show, even if they try their hardest. That's very true. And I actually feel like there's so much to work with. Like they're doing a Black Panther sequel that's centering around T'Challa's sister, but there are so many other characters in the Wakanda world that could make for a wonderful TV show. So I feel like there's so much there and it's going to be great. Right. So Chadwick Boseman will not be in the second movie. He will not. But it'll be centered around his sister. Is that what you said? T'Challa's sister, Shuri. Yeah. And she was the, like, she was really techie, right? Yeah, no, she was awesome. Oh, yeah, that'll be good. I like that. Yeah. Fabulous. So that's very exciting little programming news. And our fifth and final story is some more programming news because Noah Centineo is set to star in a new Netflix movie about the GameStop stock saga. Man, you know, the devil works hard, but Hollywood works faster. Yeah, I just, I have some thoughts, but first I want to read the details just in case there's something that's going to answer one of my questions. The 24-year-old actor is set to star in an upcoming Netflix movie focused on the surge in GameStop stock, People Confirmed. Oscar-winning screenwriter Mark Bowl, who wrote The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, will write the screenplay according to Deadline. The film will center on the ongoing battle between hedge funds and the amateur Reddit traders who caused GameStop stock to skyrocket to more than 1,700% last week through investing apps like Robinhood. Last month, Redditors encouraged each other to buy the stock in the beloved video game store, which drove up the price of the company's stock. Okay, so here's my question. It's like, how is this script already being written when the story is not over? Right. How are you going to end the movie? Is that something that's like ongoing? You know, they'll start filming once they have an end to their story. I just feel like this is so premature. Also, who is Noah Centineo going to play? I feel like he's going to play like the number one Redditor. Reddit trader. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what I think, I agree. Like, it's weird to have a, a synopsis for a movie when the actual real life events haven't even unfolded yet. But you never know what Hollywood does. I feel like they could focus on like the the beginning part of this saga where, like, the movie ends right as they figure it out and they, like, execute their plan. Okay, but, like, in a movie like this, because it's reminding me of the big short, it's, like, it ends and then there's, like, text on screen, you know, because it's based on a true right. story and it's premium. And you need, like, years worth of fallout you do. to know what to do with the text on screen. Like, like what if somebody goes to jail from this whole Robin Hood thing? That's what people are saying. Right. 
Right. What if somebody becomes a billionaire? Like what if some, what if some people, what if, you know, eventually it goes all the way down and, and everyone's back where they're, where they started. Like, I just feel as much as I'm excited for this movie, like it needs a little more time it's to, premature. to play out. But it, it does take like two to three years to make a movie. Yeah. But like they're going to be filming the movie while, like, while the script isn't done. No. You know, maybe they just like wanted to get the rights to it because this is like a, this is a once in a lifetime piece of news and it's perfect for a movie. So maybe whoever is like filming it just wanted to get the rights to it and maybe they won't start filming it for a few years. Yeah, or maybe he's going to play Vlad, the Robin Hood guy, and the story will be told from, like, Robin Hood's perspective of, like, the clusterfuck that went down in their offices on the day that they realized that the, the system I mean, had been figured out. That would be interesting, but I'm not really interested in hearing, like, you know, the fancy Wall Street people side of it. Like, I want to hear, like, how, like, all these individual regular people figured this out and came together. Like, to me, that's more interesting than, like, people on Wall Street. Like, they do this every day for work. They're not interesting. Yeah, a hundred percent. But it, it it will just be. I wonder, like, which redditors they would focus on. Cause it's like millions of people, you know. So, right. which, how do you decide like which stories to tell? There's a lot of research to do here for the, this. Also, role. who's going to play Dave Portnoy? Oh, I think that it he should is be. so. He's such an instrumental figure no, in you're this right. story. He, he has to. You're right. Like someone has to play him. Let's think. Like, you no. Know, wait. I know who should play him. I just don't know the actor's name. He's in the show. Um, Queen of the South. I've never seen it. It could be but like maybe Ben this Affleck. Guy has, but maybe this guy has been in other stuff. Okay, his ra- name is Ryan Onan. Let me look Has he up. been in anything else? Ryan Onan. I don't know why he just gives me like oh, Dave Oh, you know what? Vibes. I mean, I've never seen this man in my life. But yeah. No, for I sure. Feel- right? No, this is it. You found it. <laughs> <laughs> or honestly, like Paul Rudd. Oh, I guess, but like but I think he just doesn't have old. the right. He doesn't have the right energy. You know, you if in order to successfully play D- Dave Porno, you have to have that chaotic energy we're always talking about. One that yeah. I like that Claire Crawley definitely has. You know, found herself. Yeah, or maybe they could tap Rachel Ray for the role. Yes. Oh my God, perfect. She has the exact type of chaotic energy we're looking for. Rachel Ray as Davida Portnoy. <laughs> Stop. Oh my God. That's so funny. Um, anyways, so that's I mean, obviously I look forward to seeing this movie. I will be seeing this movie. I hope that the movie like, well, one, I hope the movie, um, is takes the, the right side and doesn't yeah. try to like make us sympathize with any villains. And I also hope that, um, it's good. Yeah, me too. Um, let's dive into the bachelor because it was like the most justice serving episode. I was living for it. It, it it was almost all the way to justice. Almost. It wasn't a hundred percent just. Eighty percent just. Yeah, there was some justice being served, but I, I also was feeling conflicted. So let's take it from the top because Matt came into the rose ceremony. Let's take it from the top where our Bachelor Recap segment is brought to you by Love Book Online. Valentine's Day is coming up, and do you smell that, Jackie? <laughs> Love is in the air. Lovebook is a personalized gift that helps people express feelings that might be difficult to say out loud. Most customers use a lovebook to revisit their fondest memories or to list the reasons why they love someone. Lovebooks are completely customizable and people can use them however they like. Users use Lovebook to create characters that look just like themselves and the recipient with all the features that make them unique. They can even choose their favorite hairstyles and outfits. So while customers have the option to personalize every page as much as they like, there's also an express option where you can create a complete book in just a few minutes. Lovebooks are the perfect gift for any occasion, but especially for anniversaries, birthdays, and of course, Valentine's Day. So if you're looking for a gift for someone in your life who like, you know, material items is just not going to cut it and you really want to express to them how much you love them, I think this is so sweet. I got been a love book last year and it's like our favorite thing to look at you know every couple weeks it's so it's so sentimental it's so sweet and I think that if you're looking for a gift for someone special in your life this Valentine's Day check out love book visit lovebookonline.com slash toast to receive a special 20% discount for our listeners again that's lovebookonline.com slash toast and that's a link you have to use to get the special 20% discount lovebookonline.com slash toast Lovebook is the perfect sponsor for this Bachelor segment right. because love was in the air. Or love was, was it? I'm air. so confused. And as was Justice. I am confused too, but I feel like for the first time after watching last night's episode, I can start to discern when Matt is being polite and when he has a real connection. 
Yes, but it does feel like on every single one-on-one date, like the girl is the winner. Yes, but I do think he's probably being very meticulous with who he gives a one-on-one to. And I don't think that anyone who's getting a one-on-one like is not top, you know, five material. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's get into it because we started with the rose ceremony and Matt comes in, you know, ready to serve up some justice. And finally, he is taking matters into his hands. And I thought that his little speech was was good because he got the point across, like bullying will not be stood for here. And finally, the girls like were able to look at themselves and be like, oh my God, we've been such assholes. No, and then like, everyone scrambling and apologizing just so like they don't get in trouble with Matt was the funniest thing ever. And I really appreciated how the new girls were like, we know you're only apologizing because like Matt brought it up. Like you're not actually sorry, but it was like literally a sorry fest from like the most guilty girls like MJ, Serena, um, Serena C. No, I think it's Serena C. C. Okay. Serena C, MJ, uh, Anna and Victoria, like just trying to like do PR for themselves. And it was hysterical to watch. And as much as I was so happy that he sent Anna home, because in no uncertain terms, like what Anna said and did to Brittany was unexcusable, unforgivable. I do wish she had the same sort of like swift energy with the other girls. Like I think they all, MJ and uh, Victoria, like deserve to go home and be embarrassed just as much as Victoria. I mean, just as much as Anna. I agree. I think it was hard for him to sift through all the rumors. And I, It was good of him to, like, take a hard stance against the bullying, but I'm not going to lie. Like, I did feel a little bit for Anna when she realized that she was so wrong. She was so sorry and so sad, and I don't think she should have stayed because, you know— we can forgive you, but like, you know, there we are consequences. There are consequences. And like, no, you're not going to stay here when you've started a rumor about another girl in the house. Um, but you could tell she was genuinely mortified with herself and so sorry. And like she that she clearly lost herself in this process. process. Yeah, I completely agree. And I don't know if it was just me. I'm like, but I, I did feel bad for her. Like as she was leaving, even though like I was so mad at her last week and what she did was so atrociously disgusting she was so mad at herself. Yeah. But like, you know, I, yeah, I had a hard time. And then also a part of me after watching, reading Dylan Barber's tweets, uh, the cynical part yes, of me was like, yes, was like, did production hear that she heard this rumor and forced her to say it like, or coerced her, not forced. They don't, they're not so heavy handed, coerced her into saying it, like made her feel like it was the right thing to do. And yes. then she realized that she got played. I don't know. After discussing yesterday on the show, Dylan Barber's like Q and a on Twitter, I watched the episode through a whole new lens and I, it's just really hard for me because I get so involved and like I get all these like angry feelings and then like, no, Dylan's right. Like there is a level of manipulation to the whole thing. So it's like, who do we be mad at? Yeah. And I, I feel like every, you know, most Bachelor watchers know that there is production that goes on behind the scenes. But I just sort of assume that over the years they've let up on some of those old yeah. school ways of producing television just because, you know, the times have changed. But to hear him say that just now I'm, I'm watching it as if those people are still doing all of those things and it makes you just feel a little bit less hard on the girls no you're a hundred percent right but if we're watching it through the lens of just regular bachelor i could not stand mj last night like her just completely gaslighting everyone like saying she had no part of the divisiveness in the house when she was literally like the captain and no and like she was making such a bad argument i lead by example and i preach harmony no, but like she just like looked up some quotes and just keeps <laughs> reiterating them and just hopes if she says them enough that that's true. You lead by example. By the way, yeah, no, you do lead by example by being a mean girl. You have yeah. led by that example. No, and like, I've what are you saying? Like these, are, enti- it's like just it's just words that don't mean anything. And this entire like season thus far, I've really felt like she was part of if not like the core of this like weird vibe in the house that's really divisive and the new girls are put in a bad spot and she she's definitely a mean girl. Like there's no way around it. Oh, I feel like it's episode one. I I assumed she was just going to be like a cool girl in the house. And I feel like her meanness is extremely stealth. And I think that she's shocked that she's even being called out for it. Yeah. I mean, also she showed up to the uh, rose ceremony looking so sickening. I love her hair. I could never pull it off, but I just think she has such great energy and looks wise and her black blazer and her hair like she's very intimidating and I thought Jasenia really held her own because Jasenia definitely feels like a quiet reserved girl I love Jasenia she completely gave it to her like there (laughs) really was there's not anyone better who could have like stood up to her I was only even hoping that Jasenia like would not have answered her because like (laughs) me too because she was being so like 
irrational that just to like answer her with silence would have been hysterical. But Jasenia is uh, like, I have no doubt that she can handle the, it, that she can handle it, that justice will be served up next week and that Jasenia is our queen. Yeah, no, like they were talking in circles and, and um, MJ was doing everything she could to like gaslight the fuck out of Jasenia. But Jasenia was like, I am not flammable. You cannot gaslight me. No, Jasenia said, I am not flammable. <laughs> Um, but before that, we had two one-on-ones, Kit and Rachel. Because um, like- you know what? Wait, sorry. I just want to go back yeah. to the two-on-one. It's the worst one. Like, there's an obvious villain in the house, but then, like, someone is put up to task with them who's, like, not up for the challenge. It's so and you're, like, it's, like, pulling teeth, like, wanting them to say the right things. And it's, like, I don't feel that way with Jasenia in the room. Like, she is going to take care of no, business. she is our leader, and she is leading by example. Yeah, no, but there's just, uh, usually in the two-on-one, there's the villain and then someone who's, like, trying to stand up to them, but, like, is is having a hard it's time. It's too weak. Yeah, I don't, like, it's mean to say, but yeah. No, but you're right. Like, they just can't finish the task. Yeah, because also, like, the villain is so strong and villainous. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the both both of the one-on-ones, because Rachel and Kit, every season there is, at least on The Bachelor, there's, like, that shopping date. And honestly, like, it never fails to make me cringe. Like, it's just so awkward. I completely agree. And I was seeing like all of these memes, like the shopping date is the best date. And it's like, yeah, because you walk away with clothes, even if you don't land the man in the end. But it's like what you have to go through to get all those clothes. It's just like weird to feel like, because first of all, Matt is not paying for it. But you're under this guise that like this person's buying you the clothes when it's just a part of the experience, even though he was the one who chose you for that experience. So in a way, he's indirectly buying you the things. But it just feels like in a sense, like, like charity. No, for me, that's not, that's not how it feels. Like if it's the weirdest feeling to keep coming out of the dressing room and like have to spin and like sound so excited about like dresses and like he has to be excited and she has to be excited. And it's like, how many times are they going to say the same thing? And it's like, to, like to me, like my awkwardness, I would never be able to, I wouldn't, I, they would say, you know what? We're not giving you the clothes. Like, you know, and it's you like, I cannot awkward. receive a compliment. Someone's like, I like your shirt. I'm like, oh, I'm a fat, disgusting beast. So like a whole date of like putting dresses. <laughs> yeah, no, I would have walked out. He'd been like, that's beautiful. I'm like, really? Really? You, you see, see my love handles? Like, I just would not be able to accept the compliment. It's like, it's like that scene in White Girls. Yeah. No, literally. Yeah. So that would be me. But it's worth mentioning that whoever gets that date is usually like a contender. Like Becca Kufrin got it, I remember. So it's a really big deal. And I think for the first time, I was like, I I saw a difference in how Matt interacted with some of the other girls versus how he interacted with Rachel. Of course, he told her he was falling in love with her. But I think that she definitely goes really, really far because I was just getting the vibe that like he liked her. Yeah, he is super into her and she is very into him. And and it was I felt like they have a very good connection and she will be around for a very long time. Yeah, and then the other one-on-one was with Kit, and I really like her, but, like, it was, like, you know, poor little rich girl, like, you know, growing (laughs) up, like, my mom was so successful, and, like, it was, like, hard for me, and it's, like, I'm sure I'm not downplaying her trauma, like, just because you're, you know, successful, like, everyone has their own shit, like, and I really believe that, but, like, to go on TV, like, in this climate, like, it was just, like, a little tone deaf, like, no, and it's, like, it was hard, like, for me, like, it was, like, poor little rich girl, my tiny violin is playing for you, it was just, like, a little out of touch, but that's, I think, why we love Kit, right? Yeah, it was a little out of touch, but I think that's, like, who she is, and I still think she's super cute, and and I look forward And Matt likes her, but I do think it's going to end on like a friend note where it's like, I don't see us getting past friendship. And I think when they both get back to the city, like we'll be seeing them hanging out. But I feel like they're just like good friends who are like, oh, if we met in the real world, like we would hang out and be friends. So I think that's a lot of people were expecting him to send her home last night, which I actually could have seen too, where like if they couldn't get past this friend connection. But I think it's still early enough in the season where he's keeping his friends around. Yeah. He's keeping his friends close and, and his, his enemies, enemies closer. closer. Um, another thing. So some of the other girls who I feel like stand out, they didn't get a one-on-one, but who I still feel like are, you know, top tier in the running. Um, Brie still. Mm-hmm. Chelsea. But she's falling into that spot of like she got the first one on one, came out yeah. so strong, like strongest connection, and now she's falling behind. That always happens to the first date. That's what I was worried was going to happen, just because like he gets busy. He's busy. No, I know, but like I, I believe in their love. Like I really, really do. I really want Brie to win. Like I think she's perfect. I know. I just feel like 
it hasn't, the connection's not sustaining. And maybe they're they're hanging out and talking and we're not seeing it, right. but I just feel like he's he's been distracted with other women and like has forgotten about his amazing time with Brie. What's the name of the girl who was the new she just came last week, she's a teacher and we loved her? Michelle. Michelle. Loved her this week. I thought like it's you don't even realize how like Okay, group dates obviously suck, but, like, Michelle's only been on a one-on-one, so, like, she's in the worst position ever. Like, it can only go down from here for her. But I think that she is top four material as well. Yeah, there's a lot of girls who I think I could see him ending up with, which is what's making it a good season. Yeah. But I don't know who it's going to be. I really don't. The only thing that left me frustrated from the episode last night was that, like, it was kind of this you know, witch hunt for all the bullies, like, to be exposed. And the only girl who I felt like who got away with with her bulliness was Serena. Not Serena, who had the one-on-one who we love. The other Serena. I believe it's Serena C. Yes, I feel like, but I, then I also, if we're going to start to go into, like, people who laughed at the jokes and didn't stand up. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I she was like, she was like really, like, egging people on. She was the weakest link of the bullies, but that still is a bully. Yeah, but I feel like you could put Kit in that category, too. Well, yeah, you could. You could. You could. Yeah, I feel, but I also feel like if we saw all the footage, I feel like there's so much more. And so it, they are making Anna, Victoria, and now MJ, like, the three main characters. And I feel like that's maybe how it went down, like, that Got they it. were the big three. I don't know, but I don't trust anything. But I also agree you can't you can't send the whole house home because they were all fucking mean. Yeah, they were all fucking mean. They were all laughing and only one person Katie. stood up for them. And that's Katie. And now everyone wants to pretend like, oh, we weren't mean to the new girls. Yeah, well, but it's also, like, but were you nice? I was watching with Ben and like we were, he was like fully watching and he was like, Katie's a snitch. Like he was not into Katie snitching. What? And I totally disagreed. I'm like, no, no, sometimes a snitch is necessary. Yeah, no, I... I completely disagree. He he obviously hasn't seen every episode and, and knows what went down. But I do feel like Katie made her big stand last week. And now, where is she? You know? Well, it looks like next week she's fighting with someone else. Well, also, nobody knew that it was her who snitched until That's true. fucking Matt accidentally dropped it. Did you notice that? No. When he pulled Victoria aside. Was it Victoria or MJ? One of them. When he pulled them aside... And he was like, and then Katie told me all this stuff about what was going on in the house. And the person's eyes, eyebrows, like, flicker. And now that's how it's going to come out. Like, Matt totally, Matt needed to protect the snitch, and he did not. And I was mad at him for that. Damn. Well, you know what? I feel like this is her, like, obviously, I don't think she's going to be winning. I feel like this is her role for the season as just, like, the justice seeker. Yeah. And she should be, she should be proud of herself because she did the right agree. thing. Yeah. And she's like being hailed the hero of the season now. She's like the only one with a good head on her shoulders who spoke up when like a lot of the girls were being bullies. And if that's the legacy she leaves on the show, she should be very proud of that. I agree. Yeah. And I hope she brings that like that kind justice seeking energy to paradise. Yes. And, you know, is letting everyone know who's being a mean girl. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So it was actually so a pretty good was, episode. It, it was. I just, yeah, the girl drama is actually, like, a good this season. But it gets so um, boring. Like, the first 30 minutes, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's, like, an hour lag where I'm like, I literally would rather be doing anything else but watching the show. And then the last 30 minutes pick up again. Yeah, I agree. Um, So that's our so, show. Anything else you we'll want to drop? We'll see you next week on The Bachelor. No, just going to get on with my productive day. I intend on Pelotoning again and sort of, you know, getting back to my, my high outputs. Because... Yesterday was a disgrace, but I I did it. And that's all you, like, I'm proud of myself for getting back on. That's the hardest thing to do. You're right. And And, you did that. And I did that. So I'm excited to get back on today, make it a little fun, maybe listen to Morgan Wallen on a scenic ride, and just have another wonderful day, snow day in the queue. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Morning Toast, the millennial morning show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, The Morning Toast, and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Mm. Hope you have an amazing day, you guys. Stay productive, stay warm, and stay cool. Bye. Love you. Bye.